What's up, Boom Team? Welcome back to the podcast, episode 7. I hope you guys have a fantastic day, week, night, whatever you guys are doing right now. If you guys are having dinner, if you're driving to work, if you're doing whatever you want, if you're just chilling, listening to my podcast. I thank you so much for doing that, and I hope you guys are having a great time uh, doing whatever it is. Um, and yeah, I just want to thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, we're at 961 total plays um, in the podcast history. We're almost to 1,000. That's awesome. Um, and yeah, that's just fantastic. I was just looking at that as I was uh, getting the episodes and everything, um, all prepped up on anchor just so when I finish up the audio, um, files on, you know, each of these, when I split them up, um, that I looked at that real quick and I saw we're at 961 and I was like, holy cow, like we're, we're getting there, you know, we're almost at a thousand. Um, and yeah, that was, it was something like something that really made my day when I saw that. Cause uh, we had been sitting around 950 for a little bit and then I had to take a break last week cause uh, things got a little hectic at work, so I had to do do that, and um, I really missed doing the episode last week, and I really made trying to make some time for it, but um, it didn't work out, unfortunately, and I hate when that happens, um, but you know, that's life. Um, I had a really good week this week in football. Um, on top of that, um, I know every single episode of season two has been uh, football oriented only. Um, and I told you guys that I'm going to be reaching out to M- uh, NBA and the MLB more, and I'm going to be doing that. Uh, the MLB probably not as much because uh, as as I'm speaking right now, the uh, World Series will be going on, um, and hopefully the Braves win. I'm a Red Sox fan. I hate the Astros. Um, I know the Red Sox are kind of cheaters as well, um, but there was a lot of vague vagueness in that story that came out. But uh, since the Astros are convicted cheaters and they knocked out my uh, my Red Sox, I am, I'm not a huge fan. Um, so I really hope the uh, the Braves win it tonight because I also have a couple friends um, at work who are from Atlanta. Um, so I'm really rooting for them. And uh, I'm also rooting for Freddie Freeman. I read up on his story recently. Um, Freddie Freeman is a player for the for the, uh, the Braves, the Atlanta Braves, and he's been there for 11 years. Um, and he's never made it to a World Series, and he finally did. The Braves got really close last year, um, but it was all for naught. Um, and yeah, I'm hoping that he wins it because, um, if you're willing to stick around like that, um, and really power through with a team, um, it shows that it's not always about, um, money for you. Um, it's not always about, um, winning all the time. It's about loyalty. And, um, I think if a player is that loyal for that long, um, that brings me to thinking of people like, uh, Larry Fitzgerald or Tom Brady when he was in New England, you know, they, they had true loyalty to their team. Um, and I really appreciate that when those kind of things happen, when, uh, those kind of players, um, and those kind of stories come out. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm rooting for the Braves. Um, I have a lot of, uh, NBA stuff in the works. I don't want you guys to think that I'm abandoning that. Uh, the NBA season just started a couple weeks ago. I think it was two weeks ago now. Um, my Celtics aren't doing that great right now. There's a little bit of animosity in the locker room, but that's, you know, that's here nor there. This is a whole podcast, not just a, uh, uh, NBA one. Um, I also uploaded on uh, TikTok recently. Um, it, that was about two weeks ago as well. I'm trying to kind of figure out things to put on there um, that would be interesting to the viewers who see them, and that would kind of draw you guys in more. But um, I had a lot of fun doing that. Um, so go check that out. Um, the TikTok is the same thing as the Instagram. Uh, it's just Boom Team Podcast, all one word. Um, you'll see the logo. It's just my purple uh, lion logo. Um, so give that a follow. Check out my uh, my video. Uh, follow me on Instagram at uh, Boom Team Podcast. Uh, once again, all one word, all lowercase. And then follow me personally um, at Dakota.Nutter. Um, I had something really cool happen to me this week. Um, so I'm not like an investor or anything, at least not like, or I, at least I wasn't. 
Um, and then I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw that Aaron Rodgers had put up a vi uh, video saying that he had partnered with uh, Cash App. Uh, Cash App is one of those apps where you can you can use to uh, transfer money to like say you know, you and your friend go out to dinner and you don't have any cash on you. Um, if they have cash app and you have cash app, you can send them money through the app. Um, it's just like that. Um, with Venmo, um, I believe PayPal, you can do it that way. Um, and cash app's a big one as well. Um, but he had partnered up with cash app because, uh, Aaron Rodgers, it, uh, donated like a certain number of his salary towards uh, Bitcoin and, um, so what he did partly when he was doing that, he announced that was that he was going to give away a million dollars in Bitcoin. Um, and so he said, all you had to do was like, I think it was comment like your cash app name, use a certain hashtag and then, um, follow the cash app Instagram account. And I thought, well, you know, whatever. I mean, if, if, if I get something, that'd be cool. You know, I didn't really think much of it. And then after work, I'm headed to I'm headed to the gym, and I look at my phone, and it says, uh, "Aaron Rodgers sent you like X amount in Bitcoin." And I was like, "What?" So, like I freaked out, um, because yeah, it's only a hundred. Like it was only a hundred dollars, but you know, and it probably wasn't him personally that pressed the button um, to send it to me. But the fact that I had some sort of interaction with Aaron Rodgers, like personal social medias, this week was the coolest thing ever. Um, I, I, I looked at that. I freaked out. I called my parents immediately. They're, they're not huge investors either. Nobody in my family has been like a big, in, like investor that kind of way. And I still don't even fully understand how cryptocurrency works. Really. I never really took the time to look into it, but now I have a reason to, um, that was always my, my thought process too, with, uh, with like, uh, investing in cryptocurrency it was like, if I can get, um, you know, like a basis, then I would do it. And my initial, it wasn't going to be, you know, a hundred dollars given to me by the reigning MVP of the NFL. That was not anywhere in my realm of guesses. I just thought, you know what, I'll take the time to sit down, figure out how it works. And then think you figure out what's best for me. And then, um, uh, I got that and I was just like, Oh my God. <laughs> and I got a couple friends at work who are into cryptocurrency and, um, they speak very highly of it and they're very optimistic. Um, and it, it, it's, it's a chance thing. Um, but I figured, you know, if Aaron Rodgers is going to give me Bitcoin, which is just an insane sentence. I, I've been sitting like here for the past uh, well, two days now. And I've just been like looking at this screenshot that I took on my cash app. And it just says Aaron Rodgers. And it's got the verification uh, check, which means it's, it is him. It says payment from Aaron Rodgers 12. That's his cash app name. And it just says X amount in Bitcoin, which came out to like 100 bucks. And I was just looking at that and I was just like, this is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> like I was freaking out. Um, but yeah, and it was all over the news too. I was looking at the uh, cash app, like news stories and, um, uh, yeah. And it just said, all of them said like, uh, you know, NFL MVP and future hall of famer, um, um, Aaron Rodgers to be, or to, you know, invest X amount in Bitcoin and give away a million dollars to the fans. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, what the hell? And, um, I, it was just the coolest afternoon ever, you know, nothing could really bring my mood down. Cause it wasn't so much the fact that he sent me something that's, you know, right now the market value for one Bitcoin is $60,000 and the way it works from my knowledge and don't quote me on this, but the way it works is that you can, 
buy um, like fractions of a Bitcoin or you can use computer like systems. I don't know how it works, but um, you can like use it to mine for Bitcoin. I really have no idea how that part of it works, but I know you can like buy certain parts of a, of a Bitcoin and then it'll give you um, once you get to like one whole Bitcoin, it's like a percentage of a Bitcoin. Like right now I have point zero zero one sixth or something like that. Just whatever he sent me. Um, and if I say I wanted to invest $20 into it, um, that would bring the value of it up and I would get, you know, say then I'd have point zero zero, you know, two of a Bitcoin. I'd have a fifth or not, not even a fifth, um, like a, like a, I think a thousandth, <laughs> a thousandth of a Bitcoin. Um, and basically what happens then is, um, you like once you get one whole bitcoin whatever the market value for bitcoin is uh one bitcoin which is um i believe it's sixty thousand dollars it's a sixty three thousand dollars right now um then you could sell that and you could make sixty three thousand dollars it's it's very confusing stuff um i think it's really cool um the fact that that happened um but yeah it's it's awesome um and so, yeah, that was, that was a really cool part of my day I wanted to share with you guys because it kind of related to the sports world, and it was just something really cool that happened to me. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I liked Aaron Rodgers before. I like him even more now. I was joking to my brothers and dad um, that uh, I was sitting there. I was like, Aaron Rodgers is officially uh, the greatest quarterback of all time. In my eyes, you can't change my opinion on that ever. And they were like, why? Is it because he sent you $100? I was like, yes. <laughs> uh, it was just something that was really cool that happened. Um, so I thought I'd share that with you guys. Um, but we're going to go into week eight here. Um, I didn't recap week seven because it's been two weeks now. Um, but a lot has happened um, in, week, in week eight. It was a pretty crazy week, to be honest. Um, and for as crazy of a week as it was, um, there was a lot of games that I thought um, I was going to get wrong um, that I'll get into. Um, but I only had three losses this week. I've done really well in my picks this year. I'm a 80, 80 and 41. Um, I think that's a great, uh, a great record. I mean, that's probably the best one that I've had ever at this point in the season. It's always fantasy football, which I, in both of my fantasy leagues, I'm two and six. I'm like, I'm so trash. <laughs> it's because every year I draft and my team just sucks. Like the players I get just do not produce like DeAndre Hopkins. Like he's a great player. And he's a fantastic asset to to um, Arizona, but Arizona has so many weapons now that he's not a great fantasy player. And he was my first overall pick, so I can't trade him. <laughs> I was I was I was screwed. Um, and Nick Chubb didn't play great last week. He's my second overall pick um, that I drafted this year. And uh, yeah, I'm just I'm trash in fantasy. But I uh, I had a I threw a hail mary trade this week in one of my other fantasy leagues. Um, I acquired Jonathan Taylor and Debo Samuel. Um, yes, I acquired both of them uh, in a pick or in a trade where I offered uh, Zach Ertz to somebody who had a hurt uh, tight end. Um, Tim Patrick, who's been pretty decent all year, he's always he's always had at least eleven to twelve, if not more than that. He's never he hasn't really gone below that except for the past couple weeks, but he's always been a very um, consistent uh, wide receiver. And then I sent two of my running backs, uh, Damian Harris, who I love. I like I really like Damian Harris, um, but he he wasn't as great of a fantasy running back as Jonathan Taylor. Um, and then I also sent him Zach Moss, and Zach Moss has been kind of like Tim Patrick and Damian Harris. He's in the thirteen to fourteen point um, 
uh, consistency area. He's usually gets that, and he'll sometimes boom for like 20, um, but it's very, very little. But uh, I thought it was a good trade um, for me personally um, because I get Debo Samuel, who is on pace to have a crazy season. Um, he's he's rivaling Jerry Rice for um, most yards in a season um, by, uh, by a Niners uh, wide receiver. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. And then Jonathan Taylor, um, matched with Nick Chubb. I think, um, Nick Chubb, you know, has had to share some of the carries in this past game and he didn't play as great against Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh does have a good defense. You still have to give him, give them that. Um, but they're playing Cincinnati next week and I'm hoping, um, that they're going to pick up the divisional win. Um, and Nick Chubb will do pretty well because I think if I can match him and Jonathan Taylor, I think I'll be looking good because, um, Right now, I have uh, Aaron Rodgers as my quarterback in this league. I have Nick Chubb as a running back. I'll have Jonathan Taylor. Um, I have DeAndre Hopkins at a wideout. And then I had Emmanuel Sanders as my number two. But Emmanuel Sanders had zero points this week. He had no receptions. Um, he, he was god-awful. I was, I was pissed. Um, but I'm going to have Debo Samuel there. Um, and then for tight end, I got rid of Zach Ertz. But I have Dawson Knox and Rob Gronkowski. Um, they're both questionable, but Dawson Knox, um, was, I think the second best fantasy tight end for, um, like a good three weeks there, um, until they played Tennessee and he broke his hand. Um, but he should be back soon. But I also have Gronkowski who, you know, the, when the Bucks get in the red zone, you know, you know who Brady's going to and that's Gronk. Um, so I'm hoping that, uh, he'll, he'll pick up the pace and he'll come off injury. Um, and I'll be able to put one of them in. And then I have uh, Elijah Mitchell um, at Flex, who had a fantastic week um, against the Bears. Um, he had 19.7 points this week, and he's had a phenomenal season all year. Um, he's, well, not phenomenal. He was out a couple games, but he's been pretty solid. Um, he had 16 points, 7 points, and then he missed a couple games. He had 8 points, and then he's had 16 and 19-point games uh, back-to-back. Um, and then I also, I had the Bengals defense this past week, but I'm going to drop them because they're playing Cleveland. And then I had, uh, the Bengals kicker. Um, but you know, they just didn't, he didn't get me a ton or he did get me a ton, but the Bengals defense at one point had 12 points for me. And then they ended the game with one, um, which we will get into later. Cause Holy cow. What a, <laughs> that, that game was insane. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, let's just hop into the games this week. Um, sorry to ramble on about, you know, Bitcoin and Aaron Rodgers and my fantasy team, but I thought I would start the podcast um, out this week with, you know, a little update on me and uh, how things are going for me. And, you know, just kind of bring a little bit more personality to the podcast. I feel like I read these off, I give my takes, and then it's done. And I feel like um, we could do so much more than that. All right, so we're going to hop into Thursday night football uh, recap. It was the Cardinals and the Packers. Um, I had the Cardinals winning this game. I was riding the wave. Um, I saw no reason for the Cardinals to lose this game um, when it came to uh, the way they had been playing and and the fact that Aaron Rodgers' really only wide receiver left was uh, Randall Cobb. Um, And, yeah, I mean, he he didn't really have a whole lot of uh, help around him. He still had Aaron Jones. um, He still had Valdez Scandling. And Robert Tunyon left the game hurt which is also not great for them. But, you know, he was in um, at the time, and it was like the offense was completely depleted. I'm pretty sure Bakhtiari was still out. Um, They were missing a lot of their offensive line. And it was literally just Aaron Rodgers and Randall Cobb and uh, um, Aaron Aaron Jones, and that was it. 
Um, and they had A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon had a phenomenal night against the Cardinals. Um, but I really thought the odds were stacked against, enough against the Packers to where um, I'd pick against the Packers, but I will never pick against Aaron Rodgers again. <laughs> um, not until they have some blowout loss um, because I just think the Packers are that good. Um, <clears throat> sorry. And, um, yeah, the the Cardinals played a game – very much unlike their like they usually do, and they played I think the same game that the Vikings did. But um, I'll hop right into the Vikings later once we get to Sunday Night Football. But um, the for the first time I think all season the Cardinals struggled moving the ball. Now I know the Packers have like a good defensive scheme; they're well coached, but they the the Cardinals struggled to move the ball on a team that is still hurt on on uh, on defense as well. I mean they're missing their their best cornerback and. Um, uh, Jair Alexander, you know, they're, they're missing a lot. Um, and the Cardinals struggled to move the ball, which, and I couldn't really dissect what it was. I mean, Kyler Murray, he wasn't rushed in the pocket all game. Um, he wasn't making horrible decisions. Um, and I just, it it was the, the last second, uh, interception was not his fault. Um, I personally think, I know a lot of people were saying, oh, you know, Kyler Murray should have waited for him to, for uh, AJ Green to break out of his, uh, his, route which I thought was a horrible take because if you know how like a a relationship between a wide receiver and a quarterback is supposed to work out is that you know you're supposed to throw the pass before they break out of the route so that the corner doesn't know what the hell is going on um and AJ Green was just completely lost on the last play of the game if you don't know what happened um basically the Cardinals were on the goal line or not on the goal line but they were in the red zone um, getting ready to score, and um, all they needed to do was score a touchdown to win the game, and they were going for it um, for the win. And uh, AJ Green had a, was on the outside; it was, I think it was just one on one. And Kyler Murray, uh, you know, took the snap, and everybody went. And AJ Green was blocking instead of breaking out for the pass um, to possibly catch the game-winning touchdown. Um, he just wasn't looking. <laughs> And uh, AJ Green wasn't looking. He blew the game, and Kyler Murray was just sitting there like, "What the hell?" Um, so it was a, a very numbskull moment for AJ Green. Um, I, I did feel bad for him because it, it must have been a miscommunication somewhere, and uh, but it just unfortunately cost him the game. Um, but I thought that Aaron Rodgers had a stellar performance. I thought um, he wasn't slinging it all over the place. He only had 184 yards and two touchdowns. He didn't do anything spectacular. Um, but he, he played safe football, um, which Aaron Rodgers usually does. He usually doesn't, um, you know, go slinging the football wherever he wherever he wants and just um, and throws the ball away unless we're talking about the week one performance against the Saints. But we're not. Um, and he usually doesn't do that. But he, he took very good care of the ball this game. Um, and his running game was phenomenal. A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones um, took over the Cardinals. The Cardinals couldn't stop them. And the A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones are becoming a very scary one-two punch at, uh, at running back. Um, A.J. Dillon is that hammer that you need um, on the goal line. And Aaron Jones is just, he's one of the best players in the game, man. I mean, if... Derrick Henry didn't exist. Um, I would argue that Aaron Jones uh, could be the best running back in the league. He is a hard runner. He's elusive. He hits the hole, you know, super hard. He he can, you know, stop. He can, like, stop and stutter and then move right back on a dime. You know, he can miss you. He can juke. He can do anything. He can catch really well. He can uh, get yards after the catch. He's really good after contact. Um, and I just don't, I don't really see a whole lot of holes in Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones, uh, game. Um, you know, other than Derrick Henry, maybe Dalvin Cook, 
Um, even though Dalvin Cook didn't have a great performance this week, um, there's not a whole lot of people that are better than Aaron Jones, and I think the Packers are very lucky to have him and Aaron Rodgers and uh, A.J. Dillon as well. Um, and I think the Packers are going to you know, utilize that one-two punch that they have at running back a lot more now, um, considering the, the performance that they had uh, on Thursday night. Um, so, yeah, I took an L on this one. I had the Cardinals over the Packers, but um, I'm probably not going to pick against the Packers for a while. All right, we're moving into Sunday football. Uh, it was a great day. Um, there were some crazy-ass games. I don't know how I got some of these games right, but I did. Um, but this one that I'm about to talk about now, I did not at all. Unfortunately, I didn't watch this game because once I saw the score, I was like, I was like, oh, my God, I just missed out on one of the best games of the year. Um, but the New York Jets pulled it off against the Cincinnati Bengals. The, I believe it was 5-2. and two. Yeah, they were 5-2 and two before this. Um, the five and two Cincinnati Bengals on top of probably the hardest division in the AFC, the AFC North, um, go up against the one and five New York Jets, and this should be a steamroll, right? You know, the the Bengals should steamroll this Jets team, no questions asked. Um, Zach Wilson, the number two pick in the NFL draft, is hurt. Um, and the Jets are just not going to be able to handle uh, the Bengals. The Bengals' defense is going to beat up on the offense. The Bengals' offense is going to run all over the defense, uh, run all over the Jets' defense, and it's just it's going to be it. Um, and that's not what happened at all. Um, my, uh, was it uh, Michael Carter? I, I believe his name was. Uh, <laughs> sorry, uh, the Jets running back. He had a phenomenal day. Um, he ran all over the Bengals. The Bengals just got absolutely pushed over by the Jets. And then Mike White, of all people, who the hell is Mike White? Um, throws for 400 yards against the the Jet or against the Bengals and four touchdowns. What the hell is it happening? You know, I mean, the, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what just, what, what just happened, but the Jets beat the Bengals, um, and I guess you're gonna have one of those games every year, you know, where a, a team, like a titan of a team, is gonna lose to somebody who is just absolutely bottom of the barrel, <laughs> and I was, and I was freaking out because I was, I was, I had the Bengals defense, I was like, all right, this is a good play, the Jets offense isn't that good, they have a backup quarterback, you know, this is gonna be really good. And like I said, they had 12 points for me in fantasy at one point, and then by the end of the game, they had one point. The only reason they didn't have negative points is because they had two interceptions early in the game, and I was I'm just I'm sitting here and I'm looking at the score as I'm watching what what game was I even watching I don't even remember what game I was watching because I was so invested in this game uh, I was watching the 49ers and Bears and I'm so invested in this game and I'm watching the the score every time they have like the check in I'm like what the hell well why why are the why are the Jets being the Bengals <laughs> um, but I guess Mike White just absolutely had a career day um, and it's not like the Bengals struggled to put up points I mean they put up 31. Um, and yeah, it's the Jets where they, the Jets are not great, um, on either side of the ball, really. I mean, the defense is okay, um, but they're not, they're not insane. So in the, the Bengals have one of the high, most high powered offenses in the NFL. It was like, they should be hanging up at least 30 and they did. Um, the Jets just were able to keep up. Um, I'm going to have to, I'm going to watch the, the tape back on this one, see what the, the Jets did well to, to beat the Bengals, I don't know if it was the Bengals' defense I was struggling, um, but this was absolutely a a crazy game, and I can't wait to watch it. All right, moving on is uh, the Titans and the Colts, a divisional game that meant so much more than people know. And uh, what I also love is that this had the exact same score as the Jets-Bengals uh, game. It was 30, 34 to 31. Um this was a game that was huge. The Titans um, needed this win, really, because the Colts are playing good football right now. Carson Wentz is um, not looking like 2017, you know, MVP season Carson Wentz, but he's looking good. He he looks really good. 
Um, he's taking care of the football. He's making um, decent throws. He's utilizing guys like Pittman, who have a lot of talent, um, just but haven't really been tapped into quite yet. Um, and I think Michael Pittman could be a big-time receiver um, if he just gets the ball more. Um, you know, the, they have two great running backs in Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines. Um, and like I said, Carson Wentz is playing awesome football. The defense um, showed up big, but, you know, unfortunately in this game they didn't show up that big. Um, but it, it went. this game went into overtime. But uh, the Colts are playing good football. Um, the defense is playing better. Offense is starting to click, and this is the they're starting to become the Colts team that we expected them to be once they got Carson Wentz and they um, they had assembled. And we were like, all right, you know, this this looks like a good roster. Here we go. Um, and then the injuries struck in the beginning of the season, and it was like, oh, okay, well, that sucks. But um, this game was crazy. Um, I can't wait to can't wait to uh, watch the tape back on it as well. But I was watching highlights and stuff, and um, it was it was so back and forth. Um, and it wasn't like, you know, Derrick Henry was eating up the Colts. Derrick Henry had less than 100 yards for the first time in this season, and he got injured. Um, he's probably out for the season. Um, I, I know at this point they might have confirmed that. Um, by the time I'm recording this, I do not know because I, I heard about it, and I know that the Titans are working out Adrian Peterson um, to kind of replace Derrick Henry as that kind of a, that hammer kind of role. Um, but I don't know if Derrick Henry is um, confirmed out for the season yet. Because um, I haven't seen any uh, articles that say so, um, but if you if you know of one, um, send it my way. Um, but the Titans were able to pull it off against the Colts. Uh, AJ Brown had a huge day, um, and he came up big for the Titans. And Ryan Tannehill, when it mattered most, he came up. Um, but this game meant a lot in uh, divisionally because this is the second time the Titans have beat the Colts. So the Titans are probably going to win this division because the rest of the division is pretty sad with the Jags and the Texans. Um, and there's no reason that the Colts or the Titans should lose to either of them moving forward. Um, you know, Titans with or with, without uh, Derrick Henry. So, yeah, this was a pretty important game in the division and uh, pretty much wrapped up the division champion. All right, moving on to the Rams over the Texans. Uh, the Texans are awful. <laughs> They're the worst. Um, this game was, I think, 35-0. to zero. Um, at one point before the Texans uh, decided to come alive and score 22 points, uh, outscore the Rams 22 to three. But really, there was there was no competition in this game. Uh, Cooper Cup continues to be on an absolutely insane pace. Um, he's on pace, I think, for 1,900 pa- uh, receiving yards in like 50. No, no, not 50 touchdowns. I think it's 29 touchdowns. Um, is what he's on pace for. Um, obviously, those on pace projections are if he you know, did the same thing every week, um, which is probably not going to be the case, but he's on an absolute tear this season. Um, the Rave or the Rams just, uh, waved Deshaun Jackson in this game. Um, so yeah, they're going to be without him, but Deshaun Jackson has been past his, you know, initial season, um, hype and he's, you know, going to be moved on probably to the damn Texans for, you know, whoever knows, um, the teams always seem like it's a good idea to sign Deshaun Jackson. And then he ends up getting dropped by that team, you know, three weeks later. Um, But yeah, the Rams won a game that they absolutely should have, and um, there was no surprise, really. Um, Next up, we have the Steelers and the Browns. Um, The Steelers pulled this one out. Um, I haven't watched this game yet. Um, I'm getting forward, or I'm looking forward to it. Um, The Browns uh, overall seem disappointing, um, and uh, they're slowly becoming less and less of a playoff team in a uh, superpower in the AFC. Um, I think they got outcoached by the Steelers in this one, um, especially with it being such a close game. And, uh, yeah, this is not a good one, especially with the Browns. Um, uh, pretty sure at the bottom of the division now. Um, yeah, it's not good for them. 
Um, next up, we have the Steelers or the Eagles and the Lions. Sorry, um, the Eagles absolutely dominated the Lions in this game, forty-four to six, um, and it really showed the offensive power that the uh, the Eagles can be. I know uh, defense as well. Um, you know, only giving up six points, but um, the the Lions have been competitive in most games this season, but not this one at all. The Eagles absolutely had their number. Um, they were all over the place, and yeah, the Lions. Ugh, the, I, I can't help the Lions. I don't think anybody can. Um, next up, the 49ers and the Bears. Uh, the 49ers had a very good game um, against the Bears, and Jimmy Garoppolo actually had two rushing touchdowns, which pissed me off too, okay, because I had Elijah Mitchell in this game, and I was scraping the bottom of the barrel um, for fantasy points because I was down, I think, by like 20 um, by the time Elijah Mitchell was over was done. But if I had had those two touchdowns, if Elijah Mitchell had had three touchdowns um, and probably over 150 rushing yards, he had like 157 or 137 he had those those two touchdowns that Jimmy G took. Oh man, I would have been sitting so nice and pretty. But um, unfortunately, I wasn't. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo played pretty well in this game. I thought um, he he's very close to um, being benched and probably never playing for another team again um, as a starter, at least uh, unless it's you know a team that is just super gone like uh, like Washington. Um, yeah, but Jimmy G had a great game. Debo Samuel had a huge uh, 84-yard reception to really break away for the Niners in this game. The Niners um, had gone, I think it was 16, uh, or no, 14 quarters without scoring a touchdown in uh, at Soldier Field in Chicago. Um, but they finally did, and they scored, I think, three of them. Uh, no, no, it's four of them. Um, and the, the Niners, this game was really close um, going into the half, and then the Niners just took off, um, and so did the Bears, honestly. Uh, Justin Fields showed off some really great um, scrambling. Everybody was freaking out. They are like, this is why uh, – well, here, I'll, t- I'll tell you the scenario first. Um, so Justin, Justin Fields is in the pocket. And he uh, drops back. The play is blown up immediately. He's pushed out right, um, and there's like seven defenders over there. So he turns back around, switches fields. Um, then he's on the left hash now, and then he breaks out uh, left. He's got some running room. He gets the first down, and then next thing you know, he's crossing the goal line. And he had, I think it was a 21-yard run on a blown-up play. And everybody was like, oh, you know, this is what happened when Matt Nagy doesn't call the plays. And I'm not a Matt Nagy fan at all, but do you think that that was a designed play? Do you think the design play was, hey, let the blocking collapse, have Justin Fields get flushed out right, and then Justin, go the other way. Like, like this is backyard football? I mean, like, Jesus. Um, it, it showed more with Justin Fields' ability to um, scramble and to make something out of nothing um, rather than Matt Nagy's play calling because Matt Nagy was out. Um, Matt Nagy, the head coach for the uh, Bears, couldn't uh, coach this game because he was out with COVID. Um, but, no, it was... It was more Justin Fields being a phenomenal football player than Matt Nagy being a horrible coach, um, which he is. Um, And, yeah, I was really happy for – for Justin Fields in this game because the the Niners defense is no pushover. Um, They're not, you know, top of the league like they were two years ago or three years ago now. No, it was two years ago now. But – um, you know, they're still a formidable opponent. You know, the front seven is, um, you know, headlined by Nick Bosa and Fred Warner, just to, just to start, um, you know, probably the best linebacker in the NFL and one of the best edge rushers in the NFL. Um, and you got to deal with that. Um, so yeah, I was, I was really impressed with Justin Fields performance to be able to handle the pressure of, um, that kind of team playing up against him and, uh, to be able to put up 22, 
Um, it's it's uh, it's a glimmer of hope for uh, Bears fans. Um, I really hope Chicago picks it up at some point because I really do. I really love the uh, the atmosphere that Chicago fans bring, especially in the uh, the football uh, arena, um, but also in the basketball area and even Chicago Cubs. I just like the um, the city of Chicago when it comes to the sports. Um, and yeah, I really hope that things pick up in Chicago. I hope Justin Fields is the guy for them. Um, you know, if he has like a Cam Newton esque career, he's not Cam Newton's body build or anything like that. Um, but if he has that kind of career where you know he's a good rushing quarterback and he's not a terrible passer, um, then who knows? Maybe they'll be in the Super Bowl in a couple of years. Um, we'll find we'll find out. Um, that all goes up to you know. Uh, they're you know who they draft for you know if they're drafting for the defense if they're drafting for Justin Fields to have more help um, I would draft offensive linemen if I were them and I would sign Allen Robinson again but and Darnell Mooney I would keep their wideouts but um, that's why I'm not a I'm not a uh, a GM um, but yeah uh, Niners played a great game uh, they deserved the win they had a, a lot of big plays and um, the Bears defense couldn't really seem to stop them at all um, when it came to offense in the second half and the Niners showed up when they needed to in the second half and that was kind of something I was looking for them to do um, as a lot of their games they've lost um, because they've you know maybe had a touchdown or two in the second half but they haven't kind of exploded in the second half to take off um, like you see teams like uh, Dallas or the Cardinals or the Packers or the Bucks um, or the Rams for that matter and those are all you know top five six teams in the NFL um, that's the kind of thing you need to do um, when you win, uh, when you need to win football games that you need to be able to explode in the second half. And uh, yeah, Niners played a great game, and Bears fans walked away sad with a with a loss, but um, they probably walked away happy seeing that their uh, their their number or their I think it was like what was it number I can't remember what number he was uh, Justin I think it was number five overall pick Justin Fields um, showing showing some some hope. Uh, next up, we have the Falcons and the and the Panthers. I got this game right as well. I had the Panthers winning this game against the Falcons. They won nineteen to thirteen. Um, this was in Atlanta, um, and this was a divisional game. You know how I feel about divisional games. Um, anything can happen. You know they always say any given Sunday, but uh, I always I, I think you know divisional games affect that every, any given Sunday saying a little bit more. Um, the Panthers and the Falcons. Uh, I didn't really get to watch this one, but from what I understood, the Panthers' defense absolutely do dominated the Falcons' offense. Um, Shaq Thompson was all over the place in this one, and it was Stephon Gilmore's first game at corner. Um, and, you know, if they can keep it up, if they can keep a, an offense like the Falcons, who aren't bad, they were missing Calvin Ridley. And um, the story with Calvin Ridley is that uh, he's taking some time off of football for personal issues. And, you know, as much as that might suck for you know, the team themselves, or, you know, I'm going to say fantasy owners, but it doesn't really matter when it comes to fantasy, like when it comes to um, stuff, when the players need to take time off for themselves, that doesn't really matter. But, you know, it, it affects a lot of people, somebody like Calvin Ridley being out, somebody as talented as he is. But, you know, if you need to take that time, then you got to take that time, you know, that he, it's not him backing out on his team. It's, it's what he feels he has to do. I mean, he's a, he's a, He's a professional athlete who makes millions of dollars. You know, he, I know he, it, you know, probably has a good life with how much money he makes. But there's a lot riding on him too, especially being the number one wide receiver. And I'm sure it takes a toll. Um, and you know, sometimes and most of the time, pe a lot of the people that are listening and myself will never know that kind of uh, pressure when it comes to being like a um, an NFL superstar, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, you know, Calvin really takes the time off. That's what he's got to do. It's unfortunate when it comes to, you know, the excitement of the league, but it's what he's got to do. Um, and yeah, so Panthers defense dominate the Falcons. Um, that's all I can have on this one.
uh, Bills over Dolphins. Um, the Bills won 26-11 to in a game against the Dolphins, and oh my god. You, I, I, so, so this past week, I had traded for Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders in my fan, in fantasy, um, in my league specifically, um, he had been averaging like a good 15 points a week, and that's that's good. You know, it, 15 points isn't a ton, but when you are averaging that a game, um, you know that's that's a really great production. Um, he had four targets and zero catches, um, and he had no points, no yards, no nothing. Um, but Cole Beasley had a hell of a day. Uh, you know, that's great for him. Um, but the Bills continue to rattle off these wins and pick off these teams that they should. You know, you have teams like the Chiefs who are losing the teams that they shouldn't. You have the Cardinals who can't seem to pull off a win against a team like the Packers. Sure, they beat the Rams, um, who are, uh, you know, a Super Bowl contender as well. Um, but, you know, you need to be pull- be able to pull off those wins. And the Bills are dominant. They're not just winning. They are dominating these teams um, that, they're, that they're playing against. And there are very few teams in the NFL that I think want to see anybody but the, like the, anybody that want to see the Bills um, that are in that are as good as them and that are as talented as them. And they're well coached, too. That's the thing. A lot of times they're the, you'll have these great teams who are um, very talented, have really good young talent, but they're horribly coached. So that, that usually ends up costing them. Um, but it, that's the thing is they have all the pieces in place to make a, a deep run, possibly a Super Bowl run with how wide open the AFC is, um, especially for them too. Um, yeah, I like this Bills team. Uh, the Dolphins, their their woes continue. Um, they're not going to get Deshaun Watson today. The trade, li- trade deadline is gone. Um, Deshaun Watson is not going to be signed by the Dolphins. And Tua is in Miami, um, and I hope he stays there, um, uh, at least for the remainder. I hope he doesn't get waived or something if he has one bad game because um, I think Tua does have a lot of talent. I just don't think that Miami feel – I feel like the Miami office doesn't think that they're a good fit for him or for them, and I think they're just going to ride out this season and then probably release him because this is his second year, so they'll either have to re-sign him or let him go into free agency. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, the Patriots and the Chargers. What a game this was. Um, the Patriots rattled off the 27-24 victory against the Chargers, um, a win that I don't think a lot of people saw coming at all, um, except for me. <laughs> no, uh, I'm just kidding. I, uh, I had the Patriots in this one, um, and I was really proud to take the Patriots in this one. I was kind of like, uh, probably a Hail Mary game. You know, the Patriots, they've been playing well, but are they good enough to beat a team like the Chargers? And hell yeah, they are. And it's all the schemes. Uh, and the, the defensive schemes, the offensive schemes, they're taking care of the football, um, and they're scoring when they have the opportunity to. They're being very uh, opportun- opportunistic, and Mac Jones continues to be a solid, solid um, replacement for Tom Brady. He is no Tom Brady. You know, you can't replace that. Um, but Mac Jones takes care of the football um, for the most part. He has rookie mistakes here and there, but you kind of have to give him a little bit of leeway when it comes to that. Um he usually, he, like, his, his completion percentage is absolutely off the charts. Um, and he's playing great for a rookie quarterback. And I would say he's probably the best one in this uh, this whole class when I think a lot of people expected him to be the worst one. There's just so much talent in this rookie class, um, especially for quarterbacks, that I know I didn't really expect much out of Mac Jones this year. Um, but he's actually turned out to be pretty well. And this Patriots team, they continue to play uh, really well, or pr- really good football. Um, and they continue to uh, look a lot like a playoff team. And I'm really excited about it. Um, the Chargers, nonetheless, the Chargers put up 24 points. I mean, they, they, they were able to score, um, probably not as much as they would like to, um, 
and this game came down to the wire um, at the end. But really, the, the Patriots were able to run away with it. But the Chargers um, couldn't really get the run game going or the pass game. You know, they had spurts here and there where they were able to score. Um, but for the most part, Matt Judon had a lot of pressure on uh, on Justin Herbert. And Eckler couldn't really get going that much in this day. Um, so I really hope the Chargers right the ship because I really like this team. Um, they're really talented. They're young, too. Um, with Justin Herbert only being in his second year, they're probably going to sign him to a huge deal next year, um, and we'll have to see what happens. But yeah, I hope the Chargers right the ship here because it's uh, it's starting to get a little get a little scary, especially in a division that uh, you know the Chiefs pulled off a win this week, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, but in a division with the Raiders, with the Raiders and the Broncos, who are not great teams, but they can pull off a win against you, especially uh, being in the same division. Um, and there's some division magic out there. Um, so we'll have to see, but the Chargers got to right the ship pretty soon. Uh, next up, the Seahawks and the Jags. Um, the Seahawks pulled off the 31-7 to win um, against the Jaguars, and I didn't get a chance to watch this game, but from what I heard and what I read, um, uh, DK Metcalf was actually very pleased with the uh, uh, Geno Smith. I was going to say Gianu Smith. <laughs> um, it's Geno Smith. <laughs> and... Um, uh, yeah, it was it, it was a great game for the Seahawks, and it was a game that they needed to win too. Um, they they couldn't afford to not pull off a game like this. And going into the bye week, Russell Wilson should be back. Um, he had the pin taken out of his finger um, this past week, and what it was was I guess that he fractured a bone in his middle finger in that game against the Rams, and they had to put a pin in his finger. Um, and to straighten it out so that the bone would heal and then he could, uh, you know, take it out and the bone would be healed. And he's been practicing the whole time. He hasn't been throwing, uh, excuse me, but he's been um, practicing. He, you know, has been doing grip drills just not to lose, you know, any, not, not to lose a step. He's been practicing, um, you know, keeping his body uh, warm, as I like to call it, you know, keeping his body loose, um, you know, going to practice, going through the running drills, going through the hitting drills as much as he can, and just really um, doing everything he can. And that's just the guy Russell Wilson is. Um, so I'm really excited for his return. They are playing Green Bay in their return, though, so I don't know if it's going to be a win when they come back. Um, who knows? Um, they might pull something off. I mean, it is Russell Wilson and every any given Sunday, um, but I'm not going to pick against the Packers in that one. Um, but, yeah, they, they were able to pull it off against the Jaguars. The Jaguars' woes continue, and I'm sure the Seahawks were really excited when they saw that Urban Meyer was still the head coach. Um, all right, uh, next up is the Broncos and the Washington football team. Uh, I didn't get a chance to watch this one, um, but I heard it was a really hard watch. Um, and, yeah, I don't really have a ton to say about this one. Uh, the Broncos pulled off the win when they really should have. Washington is a sorry, sorry team this year. Taylor Heineke is uh, not really turning out to be the guy that they thought he would be, um, not the Ryan Fitzpatrick placement that we, they thought, because um, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick plays a little bit better football than this. Um, I'm going to definitely watch this game um, after the podcast here. Um, but, yeah, from what I heard, it was a really tough watch. Um, next up, probably the most exciting game of the week um, was the Buccaneers and the Saints. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers lost to Trevor Simeon and the Saints. I don't think there's been a weirder sentence ever uttered in my life. Um, the <laughs> the New Orleans Saints uh, played this game phenomenally. They, they have the Buccaneers number. Um, they know how to make Tom Brady human. Um, 
and on defense especially they know how to pressure him they know uh you know they know how to how to pressure him how to make him uncomfortable um and what to do in those situations and this is six straight uh six consecutive games where the saints have beaten the buccaneers um and the buccaneers are the reigning champions um which is just it's a crazy thing to think about um but the Saints played a great game. Trevor Simeon played with confidence too. Jameis Winston went down early in this game um, on a the the tackle that De- Devin White was chasing down Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston ran out of the pocket and um, Devin White chased him down, and he was called for a horse collar, which he didn't horse collar him. He didn't grab anywhere near the neck, and I don't believe a horse collar can be anywhere else because it's it's just your neck. Um, but Jameis Winston fell. He just got tackled very odd. It's not like Devin White ran him over or anything. He just kind of grabbed onto him with one hand and just kind of flung him. Um, and Jameis Winston just landed odd on his leg. He came back out in crutches. Um, and then Trevor, Trevor Simeon, of all people, came out. And he started slinging the football like there was no tomorrow. Uh, Trevor Simeon was... I, I just can't get over how much confidence this guy played with. And uh, the return of Mark Ingram in New Orleans was fantastic. And the, the duo of Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara is something that I've been missing in my life, and I'm very happy to have back. Um, the Buccaneers, they you know they put up 27. I mean, I don't know what else you, you want from them. Um, Tom Brady had a very, <laughs> a very, very sad last-second uh, pick six to um, have the Saints with the go-ahead. Um, and the game was just over. Um they were down by nine um, with uh, a minute left, and I came back because I, I, I left for a second, and I came back, and I was like, yeah, this game's over. Um, it was very interesting to see, and I'm sure it really shakes Tom Brady to the bone knowing that he's lost to the Saints four times. Or no, five times, sorry. Um, and that he, you know, he's got to face him at least one more time, um, and hopefully uh, that'll you know turn around for the Bucks um, that time. But it just really seems like the the Saints have the Buccaneers number, um, and so far they they've been cashing in every single time. Uh, Sunday night football, um, Dallas versus the Vikings. I I I cannot tell you how weird of a week this is for the NFL. We have Trevor Trevor Simeon playing. Okay, here here are some of your starting quarterbacks. Okay, it's Trevor Simeon. Um, it's Cooper Rush, it's uh, Geno Smith, it's uh, Mike White. I mean, like these are these are some of the most random quarterbacks in the world. My, uh, 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 shit, I can't I can't even remember some of them. <laughs> it's it's just insane. I, I really have no idea what the hell is going on with these teams. Um, but you know, Cooper Rush um, was put in last second for the Dallas Cowboys as um, Dak Prescott went down with a, uh, with a calf injury. It's nothing serious, but uh, he injured his calf in the Patriot win um, a couple weeks ago. And uh, they had the bye week and uh, they thought, you know, Dak Prescott might come back. Um, that wasn't the case. They thought that, you know, if they were going to take a week off um, and, you know, like a mid season isk game, um, you know, and if they were going to take a chance on in uh, Dak getting hurt in this point, they were like, "Yeah, we're not going to do that again." Um, and so they decided to sit him out, have Cooper Rush play, and Cooper Rush threw for nearly 400 yards. What? He threw for nearly 400 yards and two touchdowns. What? Like, 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 what, 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 what? <laughs> like, that's not supposed to happen. Like once I saw Cooper Rush was coming in or he was going to be the quarterback, I was like, okay, you know, he's not horrible, but he's not Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott is a, is a game changer for the Cowboys. He he can do things that obviously nobody in the NFL can do. And he's probably the best quarterback in the NFL. And I said it, um, 
uh, and, you know, they're playing a Vikings team that I'm pretty sure had no inactives. Um, and, you know, you still had a healthy uh, Justin uh, Jefferson. You had a healthy Adam Thielen. You had a healthy Dalvin Cook, a healthy Kirk Cousins. Um, you had a healthy defense. I think the only inactive person was our Irv Smith. Um, you have a healthy defense except for Patrick Peterson, um, who was out as well. So maybe the inactives list was a lie. Um, but when I looked at it before the game, I, I didn't see any. So that's weird. But um, Patrick Peterson's not going to have that much of an effect on this game. You know, he, he's not going to have that much of an effect on Cooper Rush. Um, and Cooper Rush had his, his, you know, woes in the beginning. He threw in a numbskulled interception in the beginning of the game. You know, he's not without fault. But he had a, a unbelievably well-thrown ball to Omari Cooper on a fade to get the go-ahead touchdown and, and, and win the game, essentially, for Dallas. Um, the, the Dallas running game uh, was essentially taken away. Um, Ezekiel Elliott still showed up big at the end of the game um, on a flat on a, a flat route, and uh, he broke a tackle on a crucial third down um, to set up the first and, and get the first down um, to set up the Amari Cooper touchdown that ended up winning Dallas the game. But they uh, Dallas effectively wiped out one of the most high-powered offenses in the game. And I'm saying this, like, I'm not a Kirk Cousins fan, but Kirk Cousins has been playing phenomenal football this year. And the the Dallas defense, who, you know, is quote-unquote not that good when it came, when, it, you know, they were playing, you know, quote-unquote bad teams, um, and, and they, they held a, a great offense like this to 16 points and allowed the offense, uh, their own offense, who was missing one of their, their, their probably most important player, and, and they they held them off enough so that they could win. What the hell is going on? Um, and this Vikings team, man, I don't know what's wrong with them, but they just can't pull it out. Um, they just they cannot uh, go ahead and carry themselves to a win like this. They always have these kind of games. They're like the Seahawks. They're like the Cardinals, where they you know have great great games here and there, but then they just shut down. I have no idea what their issue is, uh, but they got to fix it soon. Uh, Monday Night Football, the Chiefs, uh, I had to put, I put in my notes here, I put the Chiefs need to beat the Giants, and they did. Um, it was very close, but they did. Um, this game ended 20-17 uh, to 17, um, in favor of the Chiefs, and this game, I thought for a minute, wasn't going to end that way, as in the first, I, it was, I think it was the first possession, or no, it might have been the second possession of the game, Patrick Mahomes throws a, 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 an interception in the end zone, and you're thinking, oh, another Patrick Mahomes interception, but uh, this wasn't really Mahomes' fault as of that much, I would say. Um, he's had quite a few that aren't his fault, but he had a like a weird play where he had to escape the pocket, and he ran up and like jumped and threw the ball at the same time over two defenders, and then hit one of the receivers in the hands, but he threw it so hard in such a small area that it bounced right off his hands and then went up, and then uh, the Giants uh, players caught it in the end zone and intercepted it. So kind of Pat Mahomes' fault, kind of not. You know, he threw it really hard um, at the player when they were like maybe 10 yards away from each other, um, but he was also in an odd situation. Um, and then, you know, in Daniel Jones, you know, vintageness, you know, I, I talk Daniel Jones up once. And then, and then in in a vintage moment, he th- <laughs> he throws an interception the very next possession on like the second play of the possession. He throws he throws one uh, right to Anthony Hitchens, I believe it was Anthony Hitchens. Um, he throws one right away. I'm like, what the hell is going on, D- Daniel? Like you have a chance to to go down the field and score on on the Chiefs who have been struggling all season, and and, and you you throw an interception. And it's not like it was the wide receiver's fault on this one either. Like this was a ball that was in the defender's reach. I I always say that if it's within the defender's reach, 
and they do intercept it, it's your fault. It's the quarterback's fault. But if it's off the receiver's hands, like if you hit them, if the receiver touches it, they should be able to catch it. You know, that's what they, that's what they train to do. You know, I'm sorry that some balls are harder to catch than others, but they, they are trained to do that. Um, and sometimes they don't always do it, which sucks. Um, but that's not the quarterback's fault. And this one was totally Daniel Jones' fault. Um, but other than that, Daniel Jones, I thought, had a fine game. Um, he's a super athletic quarterback. I've, I've you know, got to put together the past couple weeks. And um, he's playing good football. But once again, the Giants are just too hurt. Uh, Kadarius Tony had a good play and the uh, – uh, a good passing play, and he had a he had a good game. He's a, he's a very effective wide receiver, and he's really good. He's shifty. He's fast. He can catch. He has great hands. He can throw. Um, he can do it all. He's an offensive weapon. Um, the Giants got creative with their plays. Um, you know, like I said, the Kadarius Tony pass. Um, there was like a, a what was it? I think it was a thirty yard completion um, to uh, shit. What the hell was his name? It, it was John Ross. Like for some reason, I couldn't I couldn't think of him. But there was this crazy play where Daniel Jones heaves the ball downfield um, to to John Ross, who's being covered by Daniel Sorensen, um, who has just been having a terrible season this year. Um, and John Ross has like a, a very gnarly catch, but he's also getting like massive pi committed on him at the same time um, by uh, Daniel Sorensen, and it was just a great catch. Um, but the Chiefs were able to pull it out at the end, as they should have. But this game was way too close, and the, the, the issues for the Chiefs just continue to be. Um, they're not as electric on offense as they used to be. Um, they're making boneheaded plays on offense, and they're making dangerous plays on offense that if they have been playing against a better team, I don't know if they would have been, uh, been able to pull this one out. Um, and they've really got to figure it out soon. All right, we're going to move into my picks for Week 9, and then we're going to move into power rankings right after this. All right, welcome back. I'm going to go over my picks for this week, and then we're going to hop into our power rankings, and we'll be out of here. All right, uh, week nine for Thursday Night Football, I got the Colts and the Jets. I'm going to take the Colts in this one. I'm um, not getting too high on the Jets and Mike White. Um, I think every you know sub has a great game, um, and I think the Colts are just playing better football. I think they're a better team. I think they're more talented, and this one is not really that hard to pick. Um, next up, uh, first Sunday night, or not Sunday night, geez, um, Sunday football game, I got uh, Dallas and the Broncos. Um, I'm going to take Dallas in this one, um, assuming that Dak Prescott is okay um, and that he comes back and plays. Um, I think Dallas is just going to continue to ride their wave of uh, of great plays, uh, solid defense, and against a Broncos team that's uh, beginning to be more and more hurt on defense as the season goes along. Um, I don't really see Dallas not winning this game, but then again, I mean, you always have those games that you're going to pull, that you're going to lose. And for for Dallas, that's usually the Vikings that they end up uh, losing against. Dalvin Cook usually goes off, um, but that wasn't the case last week. Um, so I'm going to take Dallas in this game, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Broncos were able to pull it off. Um, next up, I got the Saints and the Falcons. Um, I'm going to take the Saints in this one. Um, Trevor Simeon showed a lot of confidence throwing the ball, as I've said. Um, and if he keeps that confidence and he keeps throwing it like he has been, and if Sean Payton is somehow the quarterback whisperer that we think he is and that a lot of people have thought he has been over the years, which quarterback whisperer is a dumb term, but it's just he, he has something with quarterbacks. He, he, he just does something right. Um, and if he can turn Trevor Simeon into a somewhat good temporary replacement until maybe he decides to play Taysom Hill, maybe he decides to trick Trevor, Trevor Simeon, I don't know yet. Um, I haven't run into it just yet. Um, I would imagine probably goes with Taysom Hill, but he could um, stick with Trevor, Trevor Simeon um, either way. Um, I think the Saints defense is good enough to stop um, really the only good part about the Falcons, and that's their offense. Um, so yeah, I'm taking the Saints in this one. 
Uh, next up is the Patriots and the Panthers. I'm going to ride the Patriots wave. Um, this Patriots team is is good. They play good football. They play calculated football, and they, they just get the job done. Uh, I'm going to take the Patriots in this one over the Panthers because the Panthers have just been so up and down, and I feel like that's a perfect team for the Patriots to take advantage of and really just have a blowout win. Um, next up, I have the Ravens and the Vikings. I'm going to take the Ravens in this one um, because I think the Ravens know how to win, and the Vikings know how to win also, but I feel like they are so... Like, they're starting to lose a little bit of identity for themselves. They're a good offensive team. They're a really good offensive team. But the offense isn't consistent anymore. It's just not. This 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 past Dallas game, I know it's really one game. Um, and, you know, everybody was saying, oh, the Vikings are the best. Or, or the 3-3 three and three record doesn't re- reflect how good the Vikings are. Um, and that they were supposed to beat the Cowboys this weekend. But it didn't happen. So I'm starting to see if I'm starting to wonder if the Vikings are having a little bit of an identity issue. You know, are they an an actual good team and they're just struggling, or are they, you know, maybe not that good? You know, but we do know that the Ravens are that good. We do know that, and the Ravens are that team, and they are one of the the Super Bowl contenders and one of the title contenders. And I think it's going to be really tough for a team like the Vikings, who I, I think are personally struggling right now. Um, especially after the loss against Dallas. I think they're struggling hard. Um, I think it's going to be hard for them to overcome a team like the Ravens. Uh, next up is the Bengals and the Brown. I think in the Browns. I think the Bengals bounce back from a really tough win against the Jets. Um, the Browns are, like I said, slowly fading for me as a solid playoff um, uh, prospect. Um, I love the heart that Baker Mayfield plays with. I love that he doesn't stay out for more than a week um, because he just loves to play. Um, I saw a video this week where Baker Mayfield got pushed out of bounds and like ran over by three different defenders who just, I guess, straight up didn't like him. They pushed him out of bounds. It was like uh, unnecessary, um, uh, what was it, uh, unnecessary roughness. And Baker Mayfield, instead of like staying on the ground and you know complaining about the call, he got right up after he ran like a 10 yards for, for first down, got right up and just you know started uh, freaking out with the crowd crowd and um you know it was like showing that heart that passion and that's what I really like about Baker Mayfield and I hope that he you know as he gets older develops into a better quarterback but I think the situation in Cleveland right now isn't great with uh especially somebody like Odell Beckham Jr. um there today uh, just today Odell Beckham Jr.'s dad put up like a three-minute video of all the times that Baker Mayfield had Odell Beckham Jr. open and didn't hit him uh, with the football, so I think things are a little bit shaken up um, in the in the like the Browns um, kind of culture and locker room area, um, and I think that they're going to go up against a team like uh, like the Bengals, who I think are going to be a little pissed off that they lost to a team like the Jets, and I think the Bengals are going to take this one in this, uh, a very crucial division game. Um, next up, I got the Bills and the Jags. I think it's just going to be another another run at the mill for the for the Bronco Bills. The Bronco Bills, holy shit! I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I just said because uh, I didn't want to rhyme Mill and Bill. I didn't want to do that, but I think the Bills are just going to absolutely steamroll this Jags team. Um, I think it's just going to be another day at the office. The Bills have kind of an easy schedule this year, um, so I but I don't want people to think that they're not that good, though, because they are that good with how well that they've been playing, um, especially beating a team like the Chiefs, who obviously have been struggling, but they've had a hard time getting over. Um, they have an easier schedule this year, um, but – you know, the, the Bills are the Bills, man. When they go up against, um, like, the Colts later on, you'll see how good they are. Um, next up, I got the Texans and the Dolphins. I'm taking the Texans in this one. Davis Mills is not playing great football this season. 
I, I had a hot take a couple weeks ago where I was like, Davis Mills playing group pretty good football. I lied. Okay. Um, he's thrown 1,300 yards, which is, you know, respectable. Um, he has a 66% completion percentage, but he has more interceptions than touchdowns, which I don't think a lot of people expected them not to. Um, but I'm taking the, the Texans in this one because I think this is two teams that are really struggling. And I usually like to pick the Dolphins. I don't know why, but the Dolphins uh, attract me. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa is uh, I, I I really like him. <laughs> I really like the way he plays football. Um, but I I'm not I'm gonna pick against the Finns this week. Um, I'm gonna take the Texans. Um, I have the Giants and the Raiders. Um, I think the Giants pull this one off. I think Daniel Jones has a f- phenomenal game. Um, I think this one's gonna mirror a lot like the Saints game that they had earlier this year. Um, and I think they're going to beat the Raiders, and the Raiders are going to kind of get a, a gut punch um, here uh, from the Giants. And I think the Giants uh, start to heat up a little bit um, to show what they can be, um, but I don't think they're going to exceed more than that than what they the, showing their potential what they could be rather than um, than actually becoming that because they're they're just too far too too deep in the division now, and the Cowboys are too far ahead. Um, they could maybe play for a wild card spot, but I don't really see it happening. I don't think they could beat Philadelphia, but we'll find out in the coming weeks. Um, next up, we got the Chargers over the Eagles. Um, I think the Chargers have a bounce back win against the Eagles. I think this one's a high scoring game, probably like the the uh, Chargers and Browns one, where maybe it's like 30, 30 something to thirty something, maybe it's like forty one to thirty nine kind of thing. Um, I think the Eagles are going to th- uh, throw all over um, the Chargers, but I think uh, Justin Herbert's going to have a day, and I think uh, you know him and Mike Williams are probably going to connect for at least two touchdowns this week. Um, next up, I got the Packers and the Chiefs. I'm taking the pack. I told you early in the podcast, Aaron 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 Rodgers is the goat. He's the best of all time. Um, and I have my personal reasons for saying that. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, I'm taking the Packers. I think, uh, you know, especially after how they dethroned the only undefeated team in the NFL and how they um, have just been playing so phenomenal with how hurt that they are and the fact that they're on a, I believe it's a seven-win win streak right now, um, that, you know, I don't, I don't see how you can pick against them right now, especially with the Chiefs team that barely beat the New York Giants this week. It's a pretty easy pick for me. Um, next up, we I have the uh, Cardinals and the 49ers. I'm going to take the cards in this one. It's a division game. It's a big division game. This is the second time the cards meet in the 49ers. Um, and I think if they can sweep the division game, um, the division against the, the Niners, um, I think they're in a pretty good spot to uh, win the whole division. Um, and they, they really need it to to kind of break away from the Rams a little bit more because the Rams, now that the Cardinals have lost, are right there with them. Um, and you'll see that when we get to the power rankings here in a minute. Um, but yeah, I got the Cardinals beating the 49ers this week. Um, for Sunday night football, I got the Rams and the Titans. I'm going to take the Rams, um, because Derrick Henry's out. Um, and even though Adrian Peterson might play, you know, it's really, it's not super short notice, especially since they just signed him today. Um, or not today, but, uh, I think it was yesterday on Monday, but, um, I think the Rams are just more complete and I think the Titans are scrambling a little bit and I think the Rams are kind of going to be a little bit more relaxed, have a better game plan. And, um, I think they're going to pick apart the Titans, but don't be surprised. Actually. Yeah. Don't be surprised if the Titans pull this one off. The Titans have had a tendency to beat the bigger opponents when they really shouldn't, um, like the Bills and the Chiefs this year, but, but, um, they probably won't because Derrick Henry's out. But, you know, who knows? Don't don't count out the Titans. 
Um, Monday Night Football, we got the Steelers and the Bears. I'm going to take the Steelers in this one. Um, the Bears are a young team, and they're getting better, but um, I think the Steelers are starting to finally get back to form, and um, I think they're going to take this one against the Bears. All right, moving into our power rankings, we're going to go through this not quick, but you know, at a faster pace. Um, number one, I put the Green Bay Packers. Um, this one is bias aside. This is Bitcoin aside. Um, I, I, I like this Packers team, the way they're playing right now. They probably will not be number one next week. Um, but, um, I think they're just playing really great football right now. I think Aaron Rodgers is playing awesome football. I think the defense is playing great. Um, and the Packers are getting it done with players who you probably never heard of besides Randall Cobb. Um, uh, Robert Tunyon being out sucks. Um, that really hurts them offensively. But um, I think, like I said earlier, they have a great running duo. Um, they have a great quarterback, uh, great coaching. Matt LaFleur is a great coach. Um, and I just I don't really see how the Packers could lose right now, especially against a Chiefs team, like I said earlier, that's really having a hard time this season. Um, they probably won't be number one next week, um, especially if the Bills can really dominate a team um, like the, uh, shit, uh, <laughs> sorry, uh, the, the, if they can really, really, really dominate a team like the Jags, um, but I don't really see, um, the Packers staying here for very long, but I thought with the performance that they had the past week, I think they deserve the number one spot right now. I think they're the hottest team in the NFL right now. Number two, I have the Buccaneers. Um, even though they had a hard loss to the Saints, the Bucks are still the Bucks. You know, they're fantastic. They're highly talented, really well coached. I don't see how you can't, um, you know, have them in, at least in your top three. Number three, I got the Bills. Number four, I got the Cardinals. Number five, I got the Rams. Um, Cardinals dropped from number one this week because um, I think they got a little exposed. Um, I think, uh, you know, they played good defenses before. Um, but I think that they, they have shown that they can, obviously they can be beaten, but I think they, it showed that they can also be slowed down. Um, this wasn't a typical Cardinals game where they're scoring 30, 30 plus points. You know, they, they did that quite a few times this season. Um, I'll say 25 plus points, but, um, and it showed that they can be stopped and that's the way you beat great players. And Kyler Murray, if he keeps it up, he's going to be a great player, but you also got Deshaun, uh, I mean, um, um, DeAndre Hopkins out there, who's a great player. You have AJ Green out there who, you know, even though he's out of his prime, he's a great player. Rydell Moore, is gonna, he's going to be a great player. Zach Ertz is a great player. You know, they have great players on their defense. Um, and and Buda Baker's a great player. You know, J.J. Watt's out for the season as well. You know, the Cardinals are not looking great right now. This was a bad week for the Cardinals. Um, so, yeah, I had to drop them a couple spots. Um, Rams are sitting nice at number five. They'll probably climb here next week. Um, I had to put the Cowboys at six after that great um, performance where, you know, you couldn't say like, oh, it, offense won this game. It was the whole team. It was a great team effort that won the Vikings game. So I think they deserve to go up from number seven to number six. Um, number seven, I have the Ravens, eight, the Bengals, nine, the Titans, and then 10, the Chargers. Um, I brought the Chargers down from number eight, um, especially the win against, or the loss against the Patriots. Um, yeah, it really hurt them pretty bad. <laughs> Um, number 11, I have the Raiders, 12, the Patriots, 13, the Saints, 14, the Chiefs. I put the Patriots over the, the Saints, um, mainly based off of the quarterback, uh, injuries. Sure, they were able to pull off the win against the Bucks, but there's no saying that, you know, whoever they decide to put their quarterback, Trevor Simeon or whoever, um, is going to play that well again. There's no saying that. There's hope. I hope they do, but there's no saying that that's going to happen. So that's why I had to put the Patriots over them because the Patriots are not nearly as hurt and they're playing similar brand of football. Um, 15 have the Browns, 16 have the Vikings, 17 Colts, and 18 49ers. Um, I really like the, this portion of the list. I think the Vikings 
and the Colts could probably go above the Browns at this point um, with just how much I think animosity is going around. Um, but I like the way this is sitting. Um, even though I have the, um, even though the Niners are less like of a team than I think the Steelers are. Um, I think the Steelers are so on and off. Um, I have the Steelers at 19. Um, I think the Steelers are so on and off that I think the the Niners are just above them in the power rankings. But really, it could flip flop like like that. Um, 19, or I mean, sorry, 20, I have the Broncos, 21, I have the Panthers, 22, I have the Eagles, and 23, I have the Bears. Um, Broncos, uh, Panthers, and Eagles are really, they're all in the same spots to me um, because I can't definitively say that the Eagles could beat the Panthers or the Broncos. I just can't definitively say that. Um, I can't say, and, and the Eagles did beat the Panthers, don't get me wrong, okay, they did, um, but I'm not saying that they could do it multiple times, you know? I, this, this three right here, this section of the power rankings right here is really difficult to differentiate for me. Um, 24, I have the Giants. 25, I have the Seahawks. 26, I have the Falcons. Um, I could put the Seahawks a little higher on this list, um, especially if Russell Wilson comes back and say they pull off a, 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 mystery, like a miracle win against the Packers when Russell Wilson comes back after this bye week. Um, but right now they're at 25 because I think even, even with Geno Smith, I still think that they're better than, you know, the bottom six or seven teams, you know? Um, and I think the Giants are, they're at 24 because I think they're playing a better brand of football. And I think the, uh, the Daniel Jones era, um, is an odd one. I don't know if he'll stay in New York after this year, um, because he has been, he has those on and off performances. Um, but we'll see. Um, uh, I, I don't expect the Giants to keep him around. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing him go to a team like the Panthers or the Broncos, you know, a team that could really use a really good athletic quarterback like that, um, or even the Steelers for that matter, because um, Ben Roethlisberger is probably going to retire this past year. Um, but we'll talk about where Daniel Jones could go in another episode. Um, 26, I have the Falcons. 27, I have the Jets. 28, I have the Washington football team. 29, I have Jacksonville. 30, I have the Dolphins. Um, 31, I have the Lions, and 32, I have the Texans. I think the Texans made the biggest drop out of any team so far this season. They went from number 27 to 32. All right, guys, and that's going to conclude this episode of the Boom Team Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I had a great time recording this podcast. Make sure to te- check out the TikTok. It's a Boom Team Podcast, all one letter, or all one word, um, and they're all lowercase, just Boom Team Podcast. Look that up. You'll see the logo. Click on it. Give it a follow. Um, also follow that um, handle on uh, Instagram and Twitter as well. It's just Boom Team Podcast, all lowercase, um, all one word. And then follow me on Instagram at Dakota.Nutter. And if you also look up Dakota Nutter on uh, Twitter, you'll find me there as well. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you have a great day. And I will see you guys on the flip side.